this is Jody with Faith today and I'm so glad you guys are here to join us and in the house I am so happy to have JT Baumgartner from Truth Church here today hi how are you I'm well how are you thanks for having me today I am so glad you're here I've heard wonderful things about you and um, I, I really I didn't know that he's been on the Treasure Coast here in Florida for 20 years Yep. And have you been a pastor your whole life? Well, I, st I started out as a youth minister. Oh, by the way, this is my, oh. my gorgeous little baby, Jesse. Say hi. Yeah. Okay. We, Kim and I started on the Treasure Coast um, as youth pastors. Kim, and, Kim yeah. is your wife. Yeah, Kim Kim is my wife. Everyone, Kim is my wife. And um, we, uh, we were doing youth ministry and we were doing youth camps. And, oh, okay. Um, so we did youth pastoring for a long time. And then when my dad uh, retired at 65, I became the senior pastor of the church and we changed the name to Truth Church. Okay, well, okay, so, and that is in Port St. Lucie? We're in Port St. Lucie, yeah. Okay. Right on US-1. Now, has it been open for 20 years? Um, yes, it was actually, a ch it has been open since 1991, Okay. the church, but it was under a different name back then. Right, so your church, and you're also a school, right? Your, te your, uh, your wife does teachings there, correct? Well, she's the administrator of our, our uh, school. We have a junior high and high school, 6th yeah. through 12th grade, okay. called Heritage Christian Academy. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's really been neat. So we've been working with teens on and off really our whole life since we've been married. You know, you, know, you have to focus on the teens. And what I've noticed in your personality is, you know, you bring a lot of humor to the forefront in, yeah. when you're talking. And you kind of, that's what keeps them in tune and attracts them. And, and that's very important. Well, it's easy to correct somebody and rebuke them if you can make them laugh while they're getting corrected. Then they don't know they're getting corrected, but they receive it. Mm -hmm. If you just yell at them, then they just get mad at you and don't love you anymore. <laughs> I find that people will have a really hard time being mad at you for uh, any length of time. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess it depends on the topic. Yes. You know? So, but it's you, all know, good. you know, have you always felt like you've had a calling or is it something like one day you woke up or did you have a rough childhood? Was it, you yeah. know, so, so everybody feel ha has been inspired somehow, some way and like or had an epiphany. Did you? Yeah. Well, uh, my folks were um, wonderful people, and they, um, I grew up in the, what you would call the Mecca of Christianity, Carpenter's Home Church in Lakeland, Florida. My folks were um, elders on staff there, so I grew up in a church of, you know, eight or 9,000 people in the early 80s, which was probably one of the biggest churches in the country back then. Back then, So absolutely. I was exposed to a lot of it. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was seven years old at Southeastern Bible College, and um, I, I think I knew then that, you know, God had something for me. You did. You know, and, it, you know, it was at an Assembly God Bible College. I, um, I went down to the altar call at the chapel service, and I don't know what happened. I was on the floor crying my eyes out later. And um, it was like one of them Jesus moments, like Mary, you know, left Jesus and didn't know it. You know, she probably should have been investigated by DCF at that point because she didn't know where her kid was. But my parents could not find me, you know. And then um, she was asking around. They thought their seven-year-old ran off the college campus. They didn't know where it was. And someone said, is that your little boy at the altar? And she came down there. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was down there laying hands on people and praying for them. And, I mean, praying in the Holy Ghost and just really? declaring things over them. And then, you know, as a teenager, I just fell away from all of it because I saw all the... Worldly things. The religious stuff in the church, you know, and in the leadership. and. You know, when you didn't like what you saw. When you're in the leadership, you see everybody's vulnerabilities, and if you're not mature or Christian, you mm. judge it the wrong way. That's true. You don't make room for people. Mm -hmm. As an older Christian now, you know, love covers. 
But back then you thought, I don't want to be around these hypocrites. But then you realize that everybody's human. We're all human, and we're you here. Know? We're here to learn and grow, and and yeah. learn from our mistakes, and just keep growing and evolving. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. So you I know? was away from the Lord for about 10 years, and and, and at, at that point, how old were you? Would you say? I stopped. My parents. I, we really gave them a hard time. There were 12 sets of elders, married couples at Carpenter's Home Church, and out of all the 12 couples, my parents had the only children that were like full of rebellion and hell so when you say we you know, that's you i'm sorry you had 12 there were 12 12, kids? 12 couples that were considered elders at the church right and out of the 12 couples the only couple that had children that were like out of line and rebellious were my parents the rest of all the oh. other couples that were on the eldership all had like wonderful you know cookie cutter christian kids going to bible college and yes not us okay so you know we put our parents through it too but through you know through all of all of that I think around 14 years old I was like church is not for me religion is not for me these people don't practice what they preach they talk about loving everybody and then they you know behind the scenes they act like they don't mm -hmm. you know and so, so I just got around the yeah. wrong kids and it, it messed me up and you know and a, a lot of things happened I ended up at 23 years old in jail and, you did. Uh, I did and uh, I had a lot of felony charges a lot of misdemeanor charges I was looking at 65 years in prison and uh, it was at that moment I realized that, you know, hey, maybe this Jesus thing ain't such a bad idea anyway. And so I recommitted my life to, to God while I was in jail. And that was the start of a really, you know, a new, new chapter for us. You did know? you help a lot of people in jail while you were there? No, I was a train wreck in there. I did manage to get saved, though. You did? <laughs> uh, like so many do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You know, because you find him in your quiet time, and you have a lot of quiet time when you're in jail. <laughs> yeah. And how were you there a long time? I was only in there 30 days, but my trial lasted for a year. You know? Okay. I, um, it, it's, it's, it's a long story. I can try to shorten it for you a little. I, um, I partied with these kids in school, and uh, there was one kid that I grew up with. His name was Joel. And, um, we used to smoke pot before we got on the school bus in the morning. We were in seventh grade. Yeah. And I, I remember the morning it happened, he was walking up the steps in the bus and he tripped and hit the, the metal handle on okay. the door. Mm -hmm. Popped him right in the head. Yeah. So we got to school. I saw him in second period in pre-algebra and he was real groggy and sleeping. I didn't think much of it. Well, like a month later, that, that concussion because he slept on it and he was stoned developed into a brain tumor. Oh, it did. Oh. Well, he ended up dying about a year later. And when he died, he left me his electric guitar because we were friends. So he was a year younger than me, about a half a year younger than me, and he had a brother that was about a year older. Mm -hmm. His name was Greg. He left me the guitar, and then like two years later, we, um, we were partying, and we always had this deal. You know, somebody had to buy the pot, somebody had to buy the booze, somebody had to buy the Coke, somebody had to buy the fuel and provide the car. So it was like four of us that ran around together. And what about weekend. like somebody to watch over anybody in case we didn't have happened. none of that. None of that. This was the 80s, baby. Okay. Okay. The only people watching over us was our mamas at home in the prayer closet praying. Okay. Right. <laughs> God bless my mom. Okay. But the, on this one night, you know, I didn't have any money, and it was my turn to buy the pot. So I um, I didn't know what to do. I took the guitar that Joel left me, and I pawned it. And I bought the pot. Well, his brother Greg, oh my God, he was so ticked off about it. So Glenn called me, my other friend. He's like, no, don't go out with us tonight. It's not going to be good. Greg's mad. It feels oh, okay. like he tainted his brother's memory. So I was like, all right, well, go ahead. Well, they went out and partied all night long. And um, they were driving by my house. And I, Greg lived four houses down. 
driving by my house cussing and yelling and you know I can't believe you did that you're not a true friend well the next morning when I got up I walked out on the driveway and there was an ambulance down at Greg's house no. and um, I walked down there and Glenn was there well he had gotten so mad at me he drank like a whole bottle of Jim Beam mm. and he passed out drunk so Glenn took him out of the car and put him under the carport on a couch like this right but he left him laying on his stomach or he rolled over on his stomach, one of the two. Mm -hmm. Well, he threw up in his sleep yes, and drowned and died. Mm -hmm. So he passed away. Terrible. Well, long story short, years yes. after that, I went in the Navy, you know, and tried to get myself together. And um, that's another whole different chapter of my life. But mm -hmm. when I got out, I was pretty much just an alcoholic. Oh. And I ended up in jail. I committed a lot of crimes. I was stealing cars and dealing drugs. And I ended up in jail. And the first night I was in jail, I had a dream. And um, it was just so surreal. And in the dream, I, um, I was walking and I was in a group of people. And it was like two people wide. And, and, and we were going up and we were going up into this light. And I'm talking to the guy next to me. And I'm like, oh my God, I was just well, I arrested. I'm just in jail. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart before I fell asleep. I think I made it in. I made it in. I can't believe it. I died in my sleep. I'm going to heaven. You Talk about lucky, you know. I was all excited. I'm making it into heaven. And then I looked over his shoulder and I saw, I saw like a group of people, like 10 to 12 people wide. And they were shoving and pushing and it was twisting and winding like a snake down into a black cloud and lightning mm -hmm. was flashing. And my heart sunk and I thought, Someone sending there. you a message. I said, all them people are going to hell today. Look at all the people that died and are going to hell. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of that, this guy falls out of line, and it was Greg, the guy that died on the couch. Mm. And he stood up and he looked at me, and he said, all the years I knew you, you never told me about Jesus. Not one time you ever told me. And somebody grabbed him by the hair and just flung him back in line. And I woke up in jail. And I said, okay, whatever you want me to do. If it's to have a jail ministry for 60 years, I'm yours. And so that was the beginning of my walk okay. and becoming wanting to be, be a pastor oh, and yeah, minister. Absolutely. It changed everything for me. Yeah. You, know? you do have that voice and uh, you know, and it's a great story. You should probably write a book. It's in the book. There is a book. You do have a book? Well, there's a book in the community called To Live or Die in Fort Pierce and that story's in it amongst okay. all the other stuff that went on in my life. So, to live and die. In Fort Pierce. In Fort Pierce. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Can Pretty you get good. it on Amazon? I, you know, it was a local ministry book that we yeah. mailed out to people oh. as a church, and we would mail it to them for free. They would get it in the mailbox, and there was an invitation to come to church. Yeah. But we had it published through Good Catch Publishing up in Washington State, and they would mail them directly from Washington State to people in our zip code, and we, our church raised money to send them to people for free. Well, I would um, like that book. I think we got a few left in oh, the do lobby. Do you have it? Okay. Yeah. But it was a really neat outreach. Are you thinking about writing anything else? I am in the process. It got about three quarters done and then COVID. It's called um, Loud Mouth, Big Mouth, Smart Mouth. It's all about, you know, the power of your words. Sure. You know, and um, I preached it on the series in, in our church a couple of times over the years. But um, I'd like to get it finished. I think it's a really good book mm -hmm. on, um, on really how to communicate well, you know, and uh, because I really believe you have what you say. I believe it. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Whatever word you're putting in, you reap from. You do. You know. But yeah, I'm excited about that. Hopefully I can find a... I'm looking for a publisher, by the way. Okay. So. Well, yeah, we'll find you one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to finish it. So just focus yeah. all your attention on your intentions and you'll get it done. 
I have yep. faith in you. You can do it. I know you got a lot on your plate, multitasking. Yeah, it's been yeah, neat, though. School. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're up for the challenge, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know. So, uh, at your church, you know, um, how many people fit in the school? Is it large, small? Our school's about 40 students. Um, I would say we probably have 150 members in the church. It's a good day if 80 show up on mm -hmm. a Sunday, yeah. you know? But um, services are powerful, you know, it's been yeah. neat. We, we were, I did own 20 acres in a church over on Edwards Road. And um, through the process of moving into a super large facility that we were at a year where the rent was just out of control, mm -hmm. you know, we had at 1.70 employees. And it just, we got covered up with it and couldn't stay. Okay. Um, but I sold the property on Edwards Road. That's where the church originally was. My dad had it there. I was there for 10 years. Through a process and a chain of events and the Holy Ghost working in our life, we ended up over here at St. Lucie Square. And I got to tell you, it's the, best, it's the best location I've ever had a church. We were on Edwards Road in the middle of the country, and I cannot for 10 years remember one single time that somebody stopped in there on a Monday through a Friday to ask me about Jesus. The place where I'm at now, however, you can sit on the front porch on the bench, and you can have an opportunity to talk about Jesus inside of an hour to three different people. It's just been incredible. We share a wall with a casino, a nail salon, a massage parlor, and a marijuana shop. And it is, who would have thought, take the church to where the sinners are, right? It's been incredible. But that's the real people. That's I'm what you need you. to reach. The people that are, you know, away from the church. You're bringing them in. You're bringing them closer because you're in that So the ministry's closet. been good. Yeah. You know? You know oh, you know what else? If you change anything, you know, what would you do to change it or make it I was going to tell better? you this. You know what else yes. we did? We put a, we put, I put a, a 50-inch TV on the wall on the sidewalk. Excellent. We put Lexan over it, right? Perfect. It plays 24 hours a day with praise and worship. And then every 30 minutes, there's a recording of me preaching the gospel message and saying the sinner's prayer. Wonderful. On the sidewalk, blasting next to the casino. And I'm t I've gotten calls sometimes as late as 1.30 in the morning, people calling me, crying on the phone, saying, I just asked Jesus in my heart with your TV. I'm thinking, man, that was a God idea. I think I want to put a camera above it to record people. Beautiful. With a motion sensor, yeah. as they say the prayer. I just, yes. It's really been cool. That's so, great. What a yeah. wonderful idea. Oh, I know. It was a Holy so Ghost many idea. people. Yeah, I think other people will like grab that idea. Yeah. And, uh, and so. we need more of it. Yeah, we've been having a good time there. Yeah. You should come visit sometime. I'm going to. Sunday at I 1030. will now. Yeah. Uh, right after my church. You know, I go to an 8th or 9th. Hit yours right after. Yeah, ten thirty. Yeah. Okay. We'd love to. Do have you it. only have one? One. We have one service. One service. The okay. church. The church will. I got maybe two hundred chairs out. It'll seat about two seventy five. But I. But I. But I have watched on YouTube. You Does can, that count? Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> Matter of fact, we're looking for followers on YouTube. Okay. Go to YouTube, JT Bumgardner TV, and like us. I've been. How's I'm that a for a shameless plug? I, I, I'm subscribed. <laughs> subscribe and, I and like. I liked. Yes. Bing. The bell goes off. Yeah, yeah. I know. Thank you. It is. It's good, and I, you do it in such a way. You know, you you're, you're preaching, but you're talking, and you're. It's just. I don't well, know. You, you have humor. Uh, what else could I say? I don't know. You just you got a certain way about you, and that's what's. You know, character is everything and charisma. Yeah. Well, thank you, know. you. Yeah, you're welcome. You. <laughs> it's nice to be reaffirmed, right? Everybody likes to be Everybody, reaffirmed. Everybody, you know, it's true yeah. because, you know, we all have self-doubt. You know, we're human. Yeah. We're always trying to better ourselves, right? Yeah. So, one last thing. If you could tell anybody anything that we didn't cover or you have a message that you'd like to share with everybody out there. Yeah, I would like to mention that our church partnered up with myself and my son and another 
uh, elder at the church, and we bought a coffee bar okay. and a restaurant. Yes. And um, a, a large portion of the proceeds go back to our ministry. Great. It's called Steamworks Coffee Bar, mm -hmm. and um, we love it. I mean, it's just been incredible. It's right on US-1 in Port St. Lucie. Uh, we're using it for kingdom work, and um, I've, I've had a lot of opportunity, opportunity down there to talk to people about Jesus, and we got the best coffee. You do, and I it's have the been in coffee. there, and I you am a coffee fanatic. came on Steampunk fanatic. night. I saw you dressed up in Steampunk. No, it was a networking event, and uh, then, but I did wear my hat. But yeah. I do have the whole, lots of the, the whole getup. Right. I do, I, I find it fascinating. I don't know. I just, I like it. So, uh, yeah, check it out. <laughs> so I heard through the grapevine that you're working on the event center. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, this is something we were thinking about since we're in a commercial zone okay. um, on US-1. Uh, why not take the church that we only use, you know, for Sunday morning service and use it to host events and just open up to the public? So we're building another cafe in the front. We're tearing our foyer out. We're putting in a cafe, coffee, ice cream, and that'll be open to the public during the week. And it'll also serve as the foyer for our church on Sunday. And then we're going to do events on Friday and Saturday night. And um, and we're believing God that you know the events are going to help us pay the rent on the building, but also it gives us the opportunity for the community to come see the place. Yes. You know, a lots of unsaved people coming into the building. And we're looking at doing, um, we have, matter of fact, uh, June 19th, we're doing a father-daughter dance. And uh, that's been promoted really well. Um, Deputy uh, Chief, um, is, how do you say his name? Del Toro, Del I think. Del Toro. Our guest <laughs> speaker. And um, we're looking forward to that. And that's going to, all the proceeds that come in on that fundraiser are going to four kids foster care. Oh, so we're raising wonderful. money for foster yes. care. But we want to do other things too. We want to do some clean comedy shows, mystery dinner theaters, good. Um, some I'll uh, help. some orchestras to play. We'd love to have you help. Okay. And I got a good DJ guy we're working with that's helping us set it all up. Wonderful. But I'm hoping to be up and running full steam by the end of the summer. Full so, steam, no pun intended. Yes. Yeah, okay. Did you catch that? I did. That's my little sales subliminal thing. I know. I learned I know. that from Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. <laughs> it's all lad. important. Say it four times. All right, lad. <laughs> <laughs> If you're given today, say I. If you're not given, say O. Oh. And then everybody goes, I O. Oh. He's good at it. That's great. He's good that's at great. It. But, uh, but that's, yeah. So Humor's great. Love yeah. is great. Praying's great. Love Jesus. Amen. So TC Event Center is yes. coming soon. Super. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Oh, and I'm just, I'm so glad that you uh, came and spoke and well, thank brought you. your daughter along and opened up your house. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're welcome anytime. Thank All right. You. Well, everybody, uh, I thank you for tuning in. And until next time, take care of yourself. There's only one you. Bye. God bless.